0: All righty. Hello, everybody listening out there. Welcome back to the Elevate Experience podcast. I am your host, Mr. Seth Provencio. And with me, uh, I have the one and only Dana Smith.
1: Hey, I'm glad to be here with you today. I'm glad you asked me to do this podcast episode.
0: Right on. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you too. Um, For those of you listening, uh, Dana is the phase three responsibility uh, group facilitator at Elevate Addiction Services.
1: I've talked a little bit about SMART tools. Would you like an example of one? Please do. Okay. So one of our uh one of the most basic smart tools is one that I like to show. It's a quick one and it's kind of just helps you stay on track and remember, you know, why you've stopped your addictive behavior. Ooh. I will say one more thing about SMART that's kind of off topic. Um smart refers to addictive behavior. And that is from, you know, substances like alcohol could be from drugs. It could be from, you know, food. Maybe you're dealing with food addiction, but it also deals with activities, uh, addiction to gambling, sex, relationships, anything of that nature. All of our tools um, work for any type of addictive behavior, which is one of the reasons I like smart so much. I've got people who come to my meetings. Some people come for we get a lot of people who come for alcohol, but we get people who come. For you know, opiates. We've had people who've come for pornography. We've had people who've come for gambling. We've had people who've come for kind of everything under the sun, and it's all applicable. The tools that we utilize.
0: Wow, sounds very inclusive.
1: It is. It's one of the things I really like about it. You're not going to get turned away because it's like, oh, this is for alcohol only, and you're an opiate addict. No, it's it's all. It's all. It's all addictive behavior. We perceive everyone to have some degree of addictive behavior, and if you've chosen to maintain it, you can also choose to stop it. That's the biggest. Thing about SMART is that we promote this idea that you are not powerless. You have all of the power in the world to stop your addictive behavior. And it's all about the power of choice.
0: Right on.
1: So this tool I mentioned, um, it's a tool that is kind of built on this idea of building and maintaining motivation. It's called the hierarchy of values. Mm -hmm. And when I present this tool, I'll usually go up to the whiteboard and I will ask, uh, um, one of the people in the group, you know, what would you identify or maybe like your top five values? And I'll write one, two, three, four, five. A lot of the time, they'll write number one is my children, number two is my spouse, number three is my career, or number four is maybe travel. I love traveling. Number five is uh, giving back to this environmental nonprofit or something like that. Yeah, Um. That's, that's an example of what they say their five values are. So I'll say, all right, all right. I'll look at the list and I'll go, OK, what's missing from this list? And they'll say and they'll look at it and I'll say, OK, so and I'll, at, the, at the top where number one was written, mm-hmm. I will write um, whatever their addictive behavior was, whether it's alcohol or opiates. And I'll say, so isn't it true that when you are engaging in your addictive behavior, um, your addictive behavior has become the number one most important thing in your life, your number one value? Do you feel that you are, you know, taking care of your children, um, caring for your spouse, being a good spouse? Are you able to, you know, enjoy travel? Are you able to do your job well when you're engaging in your addictive behavior? And the answer is, no, you're really not. It becomes your number one value. If they list their values as, you know, honesty and loyalty. I'm like, are you being honest? Are you being loyal when you're engaging in your addictive behavior? And most of the time we're not. I know I wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you erase the addictive behavior from the top of their list and you write um, sobriety. And you tell them from now on, sobriety is your number one value. Uh, when you make your sobriety and your recovery the most important thing in your life, your number one value, everything else will fall into place behind it. When you are sober, you are able to take care of your children. You're able to be a good spouse. You're able to do your career well. You are able to travel and enjoy things like that. And I tell them, you know, write this list down on a little piece of paper. Keep it in your wallet. Keep that somewhere. Um... I like when tools are tangible and I can like pick them up, look at them. Um, It helps remind us, you know, why we are doing this. Our sobriety, when we put that first, all of our other values fall in line behind it. So that's an example of one simple smart tool that I would present to a group of people.
0: That is so true. You know, like we like to believe even in, in that the values of choice based recovery mm-hmm. and choice-based absence and sobriety um and empowering the individual is a uh is a shared value that smart recovery has as well as we have at elevate mm-hmm. right um you know being elevate that it is a uh, a holistic you know uh fitness health and nutrition mm-hmm. you know structured program uh it's very comprehensive um i mean we expose people to to various types of meetings, smart recovery being one of them. Um, and it's cool to see that, 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 you know, how that aligns with us too,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, during our addictions, uh, we can tend to, we can tend to, to lose track of what we value. Absolutely. You know, in, in the, in, in pursuit of a, a short term, you know, instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know, short, uh, short run benefits or, or as trying to escape or run away from uncomfortable feelings we may be experiencing. Everyone copes differently. Um, Sometimes for people that's going to be drugs, alcohol, pornography, shopping, um, you know, under eating, -eating, overeating, workaholism. And it sounds like it sounds like with the smart recovery meeting, an individual is able to kind of address all of those behaviors. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. I like you mentioned the, um, the short term gratification smart recovery has a phrase for that. We call it the pig, the problem of instant gratification. And when we put (laughs) these things like, because it really is difficult. Like it's, um, when we have things that are right in front of us to not prolong that gratification. And we know that like, if we give into this now, we are kind of destroying chances at long-term gratification. The pig, exactly the pig. The problem is the
0: gratification. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that too. Wow. Well, thanks for breaking down smart recovery for us. Um, and that's and that's really cool. I want to ask you this next question because with you personally, mm-hmm. you came to elevate a few years back. Um, have gone to the smart recovery meeting, and now you're a smart recovery facilitator. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone listening can hear how knowledgeable you are on the subject. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like what you learned at Elevate helped you and achieve that goal of starting from from day one sobriety to now this wealth of knowledge you have on the subject of smart recovery and also faci- uh, facilitating groups at Elevate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say um, you do a, you do a um, facilitator training when you get smart recovery certified. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have learned more over the years, just like that smart recovery, the training prepared me for you know running the meeting, knowing what the structure had to be like. In just like my day-to-day life of like from the day I first arrived in detox through, you know, learning things throughout my program, learning about like how to be a sober person, talking to other sober people, the things I learned while I was interning here, the things I've learned while I've been working here, the things I've learned through the class I'm taking outside of here to get my counseling license. um, Those things have taught me more than the facilitator training did necessarily. I will say that.
0: Right on. Um, what do you think it takes to be a good, smart facilitator?
1: You have to be good at motivational interviewing. Motivational interviewing is this idea that it's a non-confrontational approach to, um, talking to people. You have to be willing to, um, provide affirmations and be able to listen to people reflectively. Um, in motivational interviewing, we call it the O-A-R-S, the OARS. It's asking open-ended questions, affirming what the people have said, uh listening reflectively and then summarizing what they've said. So you've got to be a really good listener and you've got to be willing to challenge people a little bit. Uh, help them notice the discrepancy of where they are right now versus where they're trying to get to and what's standing in their way with that.
0: Very cool. And so you kind of ask these open-ended questions mm-hmm. to these people. Mm-hmm. Right, to your clients, and then and kind of just sit with them and 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 solve with them any problem that maybe presents itself, presents themselves. What are some common problems that people may run into while trying to build a successful recovery for themselves?
1: A lot of the times things I'll hear is, you know, I don't have any triggers. It's just a bad habit. I just, you know. I um, will get angry and then uh, and then I'll start drinking. I'm like, OK, so you just said you get angry. That's a trigger right there. So it sounds like what you need to work through is identifying times that you are angry. That way, you know, ahead of time, when you know what your triggers are, you can prepare, you can prepare what to do when they happen. You can prepare to avoid them. I mean, many different problems can present themselves in recovery. People will have stressors from all areas of life. Mm-hmm. A lot of the big ones that I'll see are people coming in with um, stress from work being a number one trigger or family issues. Those are the two biggest things that I see people coming with as like reasons why they're engaging in their addictive behavior.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you got to cope with with whatever whatever it is that may be bothering you, making you feel uncomfortable. Sure. You know, it makes me think about a lot about my own personal recovery. Um, you know, in in working in the helping services, um, building a recovery for yourself that's going to last you for years and and not take you out. Um, there's a lot of things that I did learn from these different recovery meetings that I um, that I that I was exposed to as a client at Elevate. Um, specifically, uh, conscious recovery was one that was that helped me a lot um, in addressing trying to get down to the root causes of my addiction and things like that, uh, for, you know, from a trauma-based, uh, standpoint, um, smart recovery is also really good too. Um, when it comes to making decisions, you know, cause in recovery, you gotta make these big decisions, especially if you're starting new. A lot of times when people, um, uh, struggle with substance abuse or chemical dependency, uh, they burn a lot of bridges, um, whether it's the people they trust or their jobs or their relationships or their families, Um, And, you know, big decisions have to be made, like, you know, going maybe to a sober living or finding a new job or moving away from areas, you know, are toxic for you, or maybe you hang out with your old friends, and that always leads to bad uh, behaviors or things like that. So to really sit down and be logical, um, you know, from a space of cognition, right, very frontal lobe thinking, Mm -hmm. I like to call it, right, (laughs) because we can get very caught up in our feelings of, you know, what we should or shouldn't do, but. Uh, Smart Recovery um, does a good job of of getting people into their logical decision making.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we'll have people do is examine the costs and benefits of engaging in their addictive behavior. Um, helping to actually recognize, you know, what were the benefits when I was engaging in it? It's because let's be real. We all started our addictive behavior because we saw perceived benefits to it. I love to drink because it made me feel good at the beginning. It made me feel like I was being more social. I feel like people liked me more that turned to, uh, can I curse on this? Why not? All right. It's it hard <laughs> bullshit after a while, <laughs> but, um, when we I drink- love that. thank you i i like to be careful can you if you can curse on a podcast gotta yeah. be careful um
0: this is substance abuse recovery this podcast, absolutely you know, so, adults only <laughs> <laughs> it's an adult only issue i would hope
1: <laughs> i you, you hope you hope we get we get we get right the young ones in here which is still sad and crazy to me um mm-hmm. but you know when you look at what the benefits were at a certain point in time, and then you actually look at that next to the costs, it helps make the decision a lot, a lot, lot more clearer, especially when you look at like, okay, how many of these benefits were actually long-term? Most of them were quite short-term, whereas the costs, you've got short-term and long-term costs of engaging in your addictive behavior.
0: Right on. I know this may be kind of a personal question, but sure. um, with your own recovery, what does your recovery look like for you?
1: My recovery looked has. Les-
0: <laughs> this is such a this is such a heavy question.
1: It's heavy. I don't want to say it's been easy, um, because I can definitely point to times where it hasn't been. Um, and I also don't want to sound like a hypocrite. Um, sometimes I feel like I must have done something wrong because it's felt like it kind of has been easy for me up to this point. Um, uh, my recovery has looked, you know, I've been in a very good environment. Um, I'm from New York. I came out here to California from New York to, um, do my program. And I joked that I moved to California by accident because I came out here and then just stayed. Um, <laughs> but my recovery was a lot of, you know, figuring out, uh, what worked for me in terms of self-care, um. My first year was not easy in just the sense that my mental health wasn't in a great place. I was definitely not enjoying living at the um, with a whole bunch of other people. I don't really do well living with a ton of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely loved all of the girls I was living with, the sober living staff house that I was at. But I just had trouble being around a bunch of other people all the time it can be really difficult. Also, I didn't have my own transportation for a while and that was also definitely affecting my mental health. And I just felt like I was kind of trapped for a little bit. Um, Getting things um, like a schedule for myself in place of, you know, having the freedom to, you know, Go out and do things that I want to do. My recovery is a lot of um, exercise. I do CrossFit at least uh, six days a week.
0: I see you. Yeah. I see you at uh, at staff CrossFit.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> it's something that I started when I was in the program, and of course, I thought it was a cult before I joined it. And now I'm like, this is so much fun. <laughs> the, I'm gonna do it. Oh CrossFit? my gosh! <laughs> uh, I hope I'm not yelling too loud, but I do it like six days a week. Um, and I find that the more I'm working out, the better I'm feeling about myself. Um, get those endorphins going. It's it's not just like it's not just like in your head. It's very physical too. Um, so a lot of my recovery is you know just working out. The biggest thing that I have found is um, I want to say it was Greg who said this, but he said like build a life you don't want to escape from. A lot of the things that motivate me towards sobriety are not the negatives that occurred in my addiction, but the positives that happen when I'm sober. Like, I get to have a job I enjoy. I get to travel. I get to, I don't get to travel that often. That's just the hypothetical. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, It's the things I get to do and the life I get to build now that I'm sober. I get to have a loving relationship where I'm not necessarily um, being an asshole because I'm drunk. I get to have great relationships with my family. I get to have friendships that are based in more and just going to the bar together. I get to drive without worrying about getting a DUI. Um, it's all these things that I get to do, not necessarily the things I'm running away from, all the negative consequences.
0: Right on. That's very inspirational. Um, it's like, don't think about a pink elephant right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, don't think about a pink elephant. Everyone listening to this and you too, Dana, don't think about a pink elephant, right?
1: Thinking about a pink elephant, sir.
0: Right? That's what happens. If you think about like, oh, I can't drink. I can't drink. You know, I, I'm just trying not to have a drink today. You're going to be thinking about a drink all day, mm-hmm. right? You got to not running from something, but running towards something, right? Yeah. Not, not that drinking... I find it I can relate with you in the fact that when it comes to my own personal recovery as well, I'm not thinking about how bad it was when I was, you know, sticking needles in my arms. You know, I'm thinking about how good it is to, one, have a job that I love in the helping professions and two crush CrossFit workouts with you and Greg when I see you guys from five to six.
1: And the biggest thing that I I'll, I'll say this. I will say this because I want to paint an accurate picture. I'm not a person who doesn't get cravings. And it's the way that I've just chosen to frame how I look at all of this. I'm not someone who's living in this cycle of, I can't drink because I'm diseased. I'm someone who occasionally wishes they could have a drink. I am someone who still craves alcohol. I see alcohol, my brain goes, oh, I want that. I'm a person who would like to drink and chooses not to because they know it's better for them.
0: Right on. You just choose healthier ways.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I know it's not a good choice for myself. I when you frame it as I choose not to drink instead of I can't drink, it makes you feel a lot more in control.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. It's like, yeah, you know, it's it's like um, at the end of uh, payday, you know, when you get your check, it's like, oh man, I'd love to get this whole check and go blow it, mm-hmm. you know, at the casino and and go treat myself to, you know, buy a new pair of shoes or something like that. Um, you know, it's, but to, you know, we talked about the pigs earlier, mm-hmm. right? Uh, problem of instant gratification. Um, you know, choosing to, to do the right thing, to choose a healthier way to live, to Absolutely. save money, to be more responsible, to be more disciplined. Uh, you know, it's like, sometimes we find that the more discipline we have the more freedom uh we get to experience in life Mm -hmm. and especially in recovery right yeah yeah
1: you frame it as this is a fun new adventure i'm on absolutely not this is this um i mean i will say this early early recovery you do have to treat it like you're being safe you Mm -hmm. do you do have to restrict yourself you should not just go to a concert immediately after you get sober being like, Hey, I'm celebrating being sober. Everything's going great. I'm just not going to do Molly behind the concert after I'm done. No, you don't do Molly. Molly. Absolutely not. (laughs) But, you know, I would say that early sobriety, you you, you do want to treat it like a tightrope walk for a bit. Like you have to be careful. You should not just treat it as like this fun, new adventure, because no, it is life and death. But after a while, when you, you start framing it as okay, this is fun to build this new life of things that I want to work towards and not run away from, there should be a little bit of healthy fear in the beginning. But you can't survive on that in your sobriety.
0: That's awesome. I think that's an important point that you made because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast um, either are in recovery themselves or are or have loved ones who are in recovery. Mm-hmm or struggling with addiction and and kind of listen to this podcast for inspiration. Yeah. Early recovery. I, I 225% agree with you Mm -hmm. that in early recovery, you've got to, you've got to play it safe. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to play it safe. Don't go out on the weekends. uh, Don't go to casinos. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't go to places. Don't go to barbershops if you don't want to get a haircut. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, and, and, for those listening who are pondering recovery, this is something that's very important. Or for those who are supporting an individual in recovery, you know, maybe in that early recovery period, it's it's nice to to be as supportive as you can, right? While really listening to the person that you're trying to be with. Um, smart recovery is a great addition to one's early recovery or long-term maintenance recovery, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, if you know someone who's in recovery, or you're in recovery yourself, you want to get into a smart meeting. Um, or you know, try different modalities of recovery while playing it safe, making making your recovery a priority in your life. You could come out to our office in Aptos, California. Mm-hmm. Come see Dana Tuesday night at seven p.m. Come
1: see me
0: Tuesday
1: night at seven p.m. <laughs>
0: that's right. Real smart stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get smart.
0: That's right. Get smart. I mean, we have fun, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's another. I think that's another um, misconception about um, about recovery or people who are, who, who listen to people who are sober and say, oh man, that person's a square, Mm -hmm. you know, that person doesn't live a fulfilling life. I mean, we live some of the most fulfilling lives that there ever was. I mean, even when I think about it now, I mean, I've, I know I have friends that casually drink or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, smoke a doobie here or there. Right. I don't, I don't align myself with people who who do hard drugs Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, like I did back in 2015, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So but the people that do, you know, they say, wow, like you're you're awesome. You're always going on hikes. You know, you, you went skydiving. Uh, you do CrossFit workouts. You, you know, you crush. And and I have good friends like you, you know, mm-hmm. who who are like minded like me, you yeah. know, and and so being sober, being in recovery, going to a smart meeting. It's not going to be a scary experience, cause, you know, because like I feel like uh recovery meetings have like this stigma to them. Right. If you ever you ever watch like A Star is Born
1: yeah oh god yeah
0: (laughs) right Or they go to the the, the AA meeting and you know he's sitting in the room and he's got the coffee and you know everyone's smoking cigarettes right Mm -hmm. you know like at the at your smart meeting what's it like what's the vibe going on there
1: it's honestly a good vibe we've got uh, a very good mix of you know returning regulars right now we talk about positive things honestly I I'll open up the floor and I'll be like what do you guys want to talk about tonight like why did you come here tonight And sometimes we get a lot of people who are just doing really well. Sometimes we'll have no one's really had a lapse in a while. We talk about, you know, okay, what's been going good? A lot of times it's just building off of, you know, what positive things have been happening so far that we can keep building on. So we maintain that. Um, Sometimes there's one person who's had a shit week. So we kind of all just kind of work on that person's problem. They get a whole ton of really good feedback from the group.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it is too.
0: Because you know the road of recovery, or dealing with you know someone in recovery, right? It can be a very difficult one. Yeah. You know, and it could feel very lonely, especially when you know you you try to find new friends and maybe you move to a new town or or like both of us, like both of us ended up working at Elevate, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Now, now we live in you know Watsonville, the Santa Cruz area, right? And. I mean I'm not from here you're not from here. I'm not from um, this
1: coast bud. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not
0: I'm not from this area, you know, but in coming out here it, it, you know it could feel lonely at first but when we find this commonality of hey like I want to learn how to live sober I'd like support in doing that. You know, we support each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's cool that you that you host these smart uh, meetings. I'm going to come by and do a guest appearance.
1: Yes, you are. You're gonna. Ho- <laughs> I came on your podcast. So you're going to come host the SMART meeting in January.
0: Yes, we made a deal. So Dana comes to the podcast, The Elevated Experience, and now I have to go host a SMART meeting. You got to uh, finish
1: your certification first. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. So the certification is just about done for the SMART meeting. Um,
1: and you've got background hosting you know, just running group therapy in general, which, you know, you have those group facilitation skills. That's half the battle. Smart is just a different type of meeting. You can run a group, you can run smart, as long as you kind of just really believe in the smart program.
0: Oh yeah. I love smart recovery. So if you guys want to come see me, uh, host a smart recovery meeting, come by the first week of January, 2023.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: That, that first Tuesday, we're going to be out there and it's going to be, it's going to be off the chain. (laughs)
1: <laughs> He'll be here. I'll be in New York.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, well for those of you listening um I I you know well first off Dana thank you for coming out in in coming out to do this podcast with us the elevate experience mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure to have you it's
1: been a pleasure to be on here you know seth uh, i'll say it again i think it's super cool that i get to go, come on this podcast. i think it's cool that you're running this podcast you know when i was it seth has been working for elevate for a hot minute um <laughs> when i came and did my program he was still already staff at that point he was such like a mentor to me when i interned here he was my staff mentor and now i used to think he was the coolest and now i'm like oh he's just this dude is my friend
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right but i still am the coolest (laughs)
1: no i'm the coolest
0: (laughs) i know you're the coolest now
1: seth is like dana's gonna be my boss one day (laughs)
0: that's right that's right i'm old news you know (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you know dana i I appreciate that you know because um now you understand now, you know, it's funny because working with you as a client, now working with you as a coworker. Yeah. And not only that, but someone that I depend on, you know, to to follow through with, you know, the mission that we have at Elevate of, mm-hmm. of helping people.
1: Absolutely. I
0: mean I mean we're in it to win it.
1: And yeah, it's <laughs> we're we're the ones who've stuck around, we've been here. We've been here a minute now. Like I'm not even new staff anymore. That's crazy to me.
0: That's crazy, right? Uh-huh. Man, I remember I mean the last host of this podcast was um I'd say Dallas and Angie. Yeah. And I remember when I was a client working with Dallas and
1: You're like the new Dallas. Yeah, I'm like
0: <laughs> I'm like a like a Hispanic Dallas. <laughs> I make that joke a lot you know but yeah like in the spirit of all of us and you know being a part of something bigger than ourselves like it's a pleasure to work with you and it's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast.
1: It's been a pleasure to come on here today. Thank you.
0: Well right on listeners um this just about concludes our podcast and like I said maybe maybe check the description of this podcast um you know and and give our smart meeting give it a give it a go. Yeah. Give it a give it a whirl. Come by and visit, you know, um the in the description of this or on the elevate, um, elevate addiction services website, you're going to be able to find a location and the times of this meeting. You can go to, um, come by, come see me and Dana out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, or someone, you know, is struggling with addiction, um, please, you know, reach out to one of our, um, our intake or admission staff, give the number a call at the elevate website and, you know, and let's, let's get this, let's get this party started. Mm-hmm. Let's start living our lives. Let's, let's go out and lift and have fun and, 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 and get that control and that freedom back in our lives. So, or if someone, you know, is, is in recovery, be supportive of them at this time. And, and, you know, now you kind of may have something to bring up in conversation. Hey, like there's this thing called smart recovery. Mm-hmm. This really cool person, Dana runs it. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll say as well, if you, uh, if you have a loved one who is in recovery, uh, smart recovery does make a friends and family handbook as well, which I will highly recommend reading.
0: Very, very insightful. righty, guys. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure and I hope you guys enjoy, um, the rest of your day. Keep up all the, keep up all the growth, man. Keep up all the expansion of knowledge and, and, and make good choices. Thank you very much all right everyone that is our show for the day we hope you found some value in listening and if you did please share this podcast with someone you know or love you can find us on social media we are at elevate addiction services and if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org